Hello, listeners, and welcome to Gotta Brew, the podcast where two people talk about two cool things fish and beer. Fish and beer. I'm the Lizza. And I'm the kid. And that was a new debut song from Fish no on way. Summer Tour so far. Who's Fish? Set Yourself Free. <laughs> Set Your Soul Free. Okay, same thing, whatever. <laughs> that the, that recording was absolutely horrible. No, it's just... The vocals the re- were no, barely the, there. Trust me, it's the recording equipment. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, sounds a lot better, uh, the actual SPD. Vocals overall sucked so far on this tour. Um, let me ask you a better <laughs> question. When have fish vocals ever been good? Maybe I don't mean the way they sing. Maybe I mean their ability to sing. Like they've been flubbing a lot of words and fucking up. And I would never go to an early show on a summer tour. Yeah. I think that's the dumbest fucking show to go to because they're still like getting used to playing back together again. And there's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I could say that um, one of the noticeable differences is that like. Uh, fish now and 3.0 that's different from like one or two is that you can tell that with all their side projects and stuff they just don't rehearse together as much so it takes them a while to dial in and get tight but um yeah i literally just said that and i said you'd be stupid for ha- for going to an early show don't yeah, you think I, no because you like, you can choose when you get to go see fish i yeah, don't know why you'd ever choose to go see them on like their first or second place on a summer tour because why not I can't believe we're flipping roles on this for once. I, why Why would you not want to go to the first show of the tour just because it's going to be a little rusty? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because yep. it could be great. The songs they play could be great. They it wasn't. They debuted two new songs. Nothing they've done so far has been great. Now, what if you are on this part <laughs> of the rotation where you never get these two songs live and you'll never know what it's like live? Maybe it's your new favorite song and you don't even know yet. But it won't be based on the two performances I've seen because they've been shitty. That's what I'm trying to say. Wow. I, uh, most new songs take a while to grow on me anyway, but the the debuts are tough. Like you can tell they're kind of struggling. It's the brand in, new in, song. We, we got the simul, and in this, Fishman almost tried to end the song like a whole measure earlier than the end of this song. Uh, yeah, I could tell watching so. the simulcast <laughs> with, uh, with you that you weren't really digging this song. It isn't. I will say <laughs> it is interesting now, though, that... Um, I'm listening to this song, you know, divided of watching it being played. I can kind of relax a little bit more and try to like enjoy listening to it more. When I watch a video feed of somebody playing an instrument, it's like I can't help but see you, it, the mistakes are very, very visible. You're so you kind of forget like you that if you're just listening to an audio file of it. I was going to say you're saying because you can like see their mouths move. Yeah. And you can like see if they're flubbing the words. Correct. And see if they're flubbing on their instruments that. Yeah. Correct. Got it. Got it. Got it. I don't know. I think it's I was having this conversation with somebody else. Uh, I worked the other day about how like, you know, why do you go to so many shows? How can you go to so many shows? And I think in the argument of like accuracy by volume, uh, it should be said that like seeing them out the gate is something that's very interesting to see because they haven't played anything yet. So everything's on the table. So yeah, it's, I it's mean, but that's always the case. Everything's always on the table, always. 
What you just said is the, is the case no. every time you walk into a fish show door. Yeah. Yes. No, that's not true. Yes, it is. What if they play a song that you really want to hear the night before your show? You're not going to get it. I wouldn't. I told you I won't. I wouldn't have been at Tahoe and I wouldn't be at the Gorge because they're too early in the summer tour. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure if you live in California you and you live in like Northern California, you don't have any other options. You either yeah. go to see them or you don't. So yeah. you do what you do. Yeah, so, I guess so. I mean, I don't even want to have to make that argument. I think you just go because it's fish and you'd go see them anyway. You're, you're going to see them this summer tour and you're going to Curveball, right? Yeah, but that's like the stop before their last stop on the summer tour. So they're going to be in like peak, 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 peak greatness i think this is an easy argument for you to have because the the shows are literally two thousand miles away from you yeah i think if all these shows were in like massachusetts and maine and like all these places i bet you we would be in a car at these shows like maybe i've never been to an early show on a summer tour yeah it never falls on us we're in new york city so we always get like you know, these either the whole tour is here, like New Year's run, or we get like, you know, somewhere close to here. I mean, last time they have they played here and it wasn't Watkins Glen like here, here. It's either Homedale, New Jersey, um, Jones Beach or. Um, Your microphone's really hot. Or uh, Atlantic City. They play in the Northeast all the time. Basically, that's basically what they do. So I get your argument that I would probably go see them if I lived in California. But I'm yeah, ju- the, I'm just saying as somebody the, who has the opportunity to see them, you know. The show today is in L.A. They're in L.A. today. Yeah. Like there's gonna be a bunch of fucking movie stars and shit at that fucking show. Probably. Because this is the only time they get to see them unless they travel to go see fish. Yeah, but they're all rich and they can do that. S- I mean. I think you've been very spoiled in your yeah. geographical exposure to fish. And yeah, I think this is true. easy for you to say and hold as an argument. So, Yeah, I'm just saying that I have the opportunity to go see them, you know, late, pretty much late in their tour, almost finishing the tour. And I know they're going to be super tight and dialed in by then. It's going to be way better than any of the early shows. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see point. how like critical you are of them musically because I also think one of the reasons why you're so critical is because on a couch tour it's way easier to be like more chill and like more like with it and sober and like you're saying you're seeing things that you don't normally see at a show so it's a different lens for you to be able to make the argument that you're making. I think. Okay. I think when you're at a show, it's just different. Couch tour is different. Can we just say that? Couch tour is different. Yeah, it's way more boring. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like it's having access to the... the next best thing to being there, dude. <laughs> See I, all you got. I like having access to the bathroom whenever I want and all the snacks that I want, but I just don't... Yeah, I don't get into it. I don't even think if I had like a dope sound system or like a home theater or anything like that, I would still like it. I appreciate watching the so- shows. I enjoy feeling like I'm still seeing what's going on experiencing it at the time it's going on, but... The Gorge shows killed me, dude. We live in New York, and that w- they didn't start until almost midnight. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, West Coast. I didn't even watch tough. Sunday, and Sunday was the best night of the tour, in my opinion. In my opinion, but we should get into that. All right. Want to get into that? Sure. All right. So, I, so I, so far they played Tahoe and the Gorge. They just wrapped up their yes so residency. It's not called residency. It was their, a t- but it was their a p- run at the Gorge. And I'm trying to remember it was what a not a Tuesday Wednesday. 
It was a Friday, Saturday, and then a Friday, Saturday, Sunday so far, right? Oh, uh, I don't know when they played Tahoe. Who gives a shit? <laughs> That's important. Midweek and, you know, weekend They would just leave, different. what, one, at least one day in between for travel and set up and shit. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, so the 17th and the 18th were Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then they did the Friday, Saturday, Sunday of that same week. Yeah. So. um, One day in between for travel, just like I said 15 seconds ago. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Where is Lake I'm just Tahoe? Sure we're fact checking Where here. is Lake Tahoe? Uh, Utah. California? I thought, oh, Tahoe? Is California? It's Utah, I believe. Utah? I'm not so good on my Midwest geography, but I think so. Pretty sure Why the fuck do people go to Utah? Dude, it's beautiful out there. Yeah, I always hear rich people being like, I'm going to Lake Tahoe. Oh, no, it's between California and Nevada. Yeah, California. Damn it, I was one state over. So, um, I mean, that that venue, though, you know, that venue bore the Tahoe Tweezer. Which is probably one of the best ones they've ever done. You know, it's really interesting because <laughs> when you go see them at these powerhouse venues, actually, I feel like there's added pressure on the whole situation for them to like do a fucking amazing thing. And then if they don't do it, people are like super let down. But like, you should never expect anything from Fish. And I feel like they almost like play with that and then just do whatever the fuck they want and don't give you something crazy. But they did play Mike's Hydrogen Weekapog and Fluffhead in and you enjoy one myself. show. That's in a different show. No, but they, in, one the run, in the entire show. run, they play Fluffhead and You Enjoy Myself in two days. Yeah, That's I'm talking insane. about a show, not a run. I, thanks. I can keep along with the conversation. What I'm saying is, is that you're neglecting to point out like the songs that they chose to play. And that's like the one thing that people have been talking about. Yeah, but about. you're assuming they're going to people, the same people are going to all three shows. I'm just talking about watching Fish from even a statistical standpoint. Yeah. Even if you just look at Fish and what they've been playing. But they repeat a lot of, they're going to have to repeat a lot of songs. Yeah. They played a bunch of big, giant songs. When was the last time you got a You Enjoy Myself and a Fluffhead in the same run? Baker's Dozen. That's a really fucking long run outside of Baker's Dozen. I don't know. Beats me. It's a while. It's a long, long while ago. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a reason, I, I, albeit, you know, whether I agree or disagree. In fact, most of the time I disagree with most of the things that I was reading about it. Um, I only read the Jambase article and the Fish.net article, but people were talking about not just the Tuesday, Wednesday, but the weekend as like, you know, some of the best opening fish in history. Yeah. You make a face, but yes. People are like, oh, the song selection was really great. It's a good mix of like old and new. And there was like some jams going on. There were some good segues. Like people were into it. But honestly, like having watched most of it and have now listening to all of it exclusively, I think it was a pretty standard weekend. Yeah. But in total, the song selection for the weekend is something to be discussed. I think it's something to recognize and say that they actually did a perfect balance of like a couple of the newer stuff from like, uh, Fuego and Big Boat and like most of it was like older fish shit. Yeah. That was cool. It's always a mix. <laughs> it's always a mix. Oh my God. You think it <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, I actually think that the song selection the the way they I, they didn't finish a lot of the songs like some of the jams were like off and weird like I don't know the show we, we watched on simulcast was like Oh, okay. <laughs> Made me not want to buy the simulcast for the following two nights. I'm like, yeah, I'm good on the gorge. <laughs> it's cool. 
Like it's cool. And Sunday was the sickest show. It's the one. Yeah, ar- arguably, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I mean, I won't argue with you because I agree. I'm just saying, yeah, you could argue that. They opened with the curtain with then the birds, birds of a feather, waiting all night, stealing time from the faulty plan. Reba, Wombat, Tila into walls of the cave, cross-eyed and painless into twist, into waves. That's not you. Sunday. You're reading Saturday. Fluffhead, that is. This is the last show they play at the Gorge. You're not reading That's the That's the last side. day. That, what are you talking about? Sunday? That is the Sunday. You didn't just say that. Yeah, with Fluffhead, Split Open and Melt, Wilson. It's the be- I was just talking about the best night of the tour, which is The Sunday. last night, yeah. I mean, but they got to go out big. Oh, my God. <laughs> I understand that there's like a, a saying out there, never sleep on a Sunday show, but most people, like general course of things, like that's what people do. No, it's lately a they've been tricking you and like playing their best stuff. They always do. Fish always plays good stuff on the last day of the run. They don't never disappoint. I don't know. I've always thought Fridays and Saturdays are like more raging. And Sunday, while it's mellow, there are some cool bust outs. And that's why they say they never did miss tweezer a on show. Sunday, right? They did uh, tweezer for the last. I believe I just read that? the entire Sunday. Tweezer was on Saturday. Oh, so it was the second to last. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Saturday was party time. Punch you in the eye. Mike's song. Hydrogen. Weekapog. Infinite. The new song. It's ice. Divided sky. Cavern. Tweezer. Golden age. Farmhouse. Piper. Prince Caspian. Waiting in the velvet sea. Rise. Come together. That song's starting to get played a lot and I really don't like it. Side note. Run like an antelope. Bug. And Tweezer reprise. Yeah. That show though drops off really fast. Like I would argue that second set was the worst set of the whole. The whole show the whole run at the gorge. yeah when most people talk about saturday waiting night. in the velvet sea and prince caspian what was it wait and waiting all night like what the fuck it's like a like ba- a bunch of bad stuff First, f- fuck you prince caspian's an awesome song i don't yeah. know why you don't like it as a slow song it's, yeah. a, it's a slow song i would gladly invite that show drops off real fast <laughs> that's all i'm saying what i'm saying is is that i think you've hit your 50 show threshold at this point and I think i'm you're well starting. over 50 yeah. i don't understand why you keep saying that like it's, time goes by time it shows time has been passing the world's been turning and i can continue going to fish shows but you always say i have a certain amount i'm well over 50 at this point yeah you're getting well you're, over you're turning into a, a snob for shows which is a rite of passage as a fish fan i feel like for sure i think maybe i'm just over simulcasts they're too boring for me. Like, I just don't feel a part of it. And yeah. we've talked about this so much on this yeah. podcast, like how much like that's important to me. And like, while I like seeing like, you know, how they play their instruments and I always love watching Paige play the keyboards. I think it's fucking just like gorgeous. It's like beautiful to witness with your eyes. Yeah. But like past that, like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this song, like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, so maybe here's, here's me be saying this very succinctly. Uh, song choice was fine. I thought like musically they were fucking up a lot and I don't enjoy seeing that. It pulls me out of, you know, the the vibe and what I'm hearing and feeling. And then I think that I just I don't know. I think I think that early on in the tour it's there's there's a lot of kinks to work out. I'm going to go th- I'm And I think s- that they're playing the songs that I like. Sorry, I think that they're playing the songs that I like standardly and then when they do go into type 2 jamming, I don't like it. We're going to try something real quick. I'm going to name uh-huh. all the, I'm going to list a bunch of songs uh-huh. and then you're going to tell me what all these songs have in have common. Have in common? Yeah. Oh God. This Wilson, Fluffhead, Cross-Eyed and Painless, Walls of the Cave, Tila, uh, Stealing Time from the Faulty Plan. Uh, let's keep going. Were they all from the same show? Uh, yeah, those are all in the same set. And that, is that your point? 
in the same show. Same yeah. set or the same show? Same show. Right. Tweezer Reprise, Run Like an Antelope, uh, Piper, uh, Golden Age, Tweezer, Cavern, Divided Sky, Weekapaw Groove, Mike's Song, that's the second, Party Time. That's the second night. That's the, I'm going backwards. Second I'm going yeah, from yeah. Sunday to Saturday. It's Saturday. Friday. That's Saturday night. Yeah. It's funny because all the songs I was like, oh, I hope they play this. Oh, I hope they play this on the first night of the tour Friday. They've ended up playing on that Saturday, like Cavern. They still haven't played The Wedge yet, right? I love that song. They should have played that. No. So, I mean, but the, the point is, is, like, I just named so many heavy hitter songs, too. Like, arguably, there's a lot of songs packed into that weekend. So, but here's the other thing. I've I been was, to worse. Again, no, no, so listen, I was say. telling you. So, the first night of the tour, Friday night, the space station was flying over the gorge. So, the whole second set had to deal with, like, astrological references, like Haley's Comet, Sparkle. God, I hate Sparkle. Yeah, and that song was so poorly placed. That, I think, was a giant ripcord puller for people watching the show. <laughs> like honestly we, I, J3PO and I were just like Why are they playing this song right now <laughs> Like what's happening They had like just come out of a jam Does it make you Feel any better Knowing that like Sparkle was in See like what Like I don't know It was a very misplaced it's very misplaced. You don't like this like fake that. accordion shit? Like I love the song. I thought the placement of it was bad. Huh. There's so many different things you can analyze in a fish show. <laughs> and you're right, I'm getting way more like into all of it and I'm finding ways to criticize different part different pieces of it. Yeah. And that's easier when you just watch it on a simulcast as well. Yeah. So again, we have we had a huge episode about this where I said, "Do you think over time, as you start to understand the songs more and get more, f- don't don't get me wrong, as a, as a fan, it takes a long time to even dial in on their music. There's a shit ton of stuff to cover, and it's like a typical person who listens to music. There are things that you're going to gravitate towards and listen to more, and things that you're never going to listen to in your life because you don't like the music, right? So even yeah. those songs that you don't like, eventually over time, you're going to start being like, well, at least I know what this song is supposed to be like executed wise. And they just pulled off like a C plus instead of like an A. Yeah, yeah. Like shit exactly. starts to seep in. The knowledge and, and the understanding of the music starts to seep in whether you like it or not. And this is really funny because during this episode of said podcast, you were like, oh, I'm never going to get like that. I'm always going to love every song. I love every single song. <laughs> and I laughed, you, I laughed at you and I called you out and I said, that's bullshit. So it's nice to know that just took a couple more episodes of this podcast for me to be right. Just like the audio. <laughs> I have a really hard time like like when I'm like watching something and then I hear bad audio. Like it's very hard for me to like give a shit. Like I have to be there. You're saying you can tell the difference between recorded audio and live audio. Yes. Yeah, that's I mean I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Again, that's why I said before, I think even with the right sound system and a home theater, I don't think it would change anything. Right, 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 right. Surround yourself in sound and have like a 3D sound theater where like they actually break the sound wave apart, you know, spread it out Yeah. in a room and it still wouldn't matter. I, there's something about physically being present. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, you can like feel the music. Well, no, the reason I say that is because you have places and bars and like here in New York City, which will get the simulcast and a bunch of fish people meet up and they hang out at the bar together and they dance at the bar and they they chill. I've never done that. 
Yeah, so I would encourage you to try that at least once and then tell me how it feels. Subject <laughs> on Lower East Side. Used to do that. Uh, I think they still do. I don't think they do. We went there. We went there. And they were like, no, we don't do that anymore. They used to do that. Huh. As far as I know, they do not do it anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, where is Fish Off to next? Where are they uh, off to LA, after? I believe. Oh, that's what you said. Yeah. What are they playing? Hollywood Bowl? What are yeah, they playing? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Let me find out real quick. They got to get their West Coast fans happy. They got to get them back. <laughs> it's been a long time. since they, It's been three years since they've been over there. Oh, they're in San Francisco. Nice. They're in San Francisco the 24th and the 25th. And then That's they, today. Yeah. No, it's tomorrow, right? Uh, the 24th is tomorrow, I believe. Oh, no, it's today. Tuesday the 24th. So they're doing Tuesday, Wednesday again. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's what they do, dude. As Baker's doesn't tell you nothing. <laughs> Listen. They don't play on Mondays and Tuesday, Wednesday, and they give you a Thursday recovery day, and then it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then they're off to Georgia, and then they come our side. Georgia, then New Jersey, then uh, North Mary Carolina, Weather. then Meriwether, then Watkins Glen for curveball. And then Dick's Sporting Goods to close it out. Yeah, they always do that. Yeah, they always do that. With camping as well. God, that's the one, like, if I could go to, if I could trade in all my tickets and go, I really would like to see a show at Dick's. Soccer stadium, camping. You would give up going to a festival to go see them at Dick's Uh, Dick's when they do it every single year? They do Dick's every single year. Why would you you give up an incredibly (laughs) unique experience to go do the same thing they do every year? Because you do Dick's every year. They're h- I think the tickets are hard to get to Dick's. Yeah, Dick's are hard. Tickets are hard to get to Dick's. Dick jokes, uh, when they're poorly <laughs> placed, are not funny. Take that okay. take that as a lesson and okay. run with that to Georgia <laughs> and see what happens. Oh, man. Well. That's cool. Should we watch the simulcast tonight? Nope. It's still California, so uh, it's still going to be on the East Coast uh, early. I don't know if uh, uh, we'll release this episode in time, but for those who are privy, it, tomorrow's free. What do you, We haven't discussed. What do you think of their whole like buy the simulcast package bullshit? I think they're very good at marketing. Whoever does their marketing is a money-generating machine, <laughs> and I think people will buy it. The richer fish fans will just buy it because they have it. It's better than not seeing it at all. The ones who can't physically get there. You can watch that anywhere, right? You just have to log into a computer, or a smart internet. TV. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you can watch it anywhere. Yep. You can buy the package and be like, yeah, I'm working late tonight. Yeah, in my you office. could be on a six hour flight to Yeah, I'm going to watch the yeah. UK if they have the internet. I mean, it's probably going to buffer like crazy, but you can. Yeah, that's actually cool. How much was that? Do you know? I don't remember. All I know is that with the package after just getting like the normal simulcast, like they start pairing it with like a T-shirt or like a yeah, vinyl they always copy try to upsell you on fucking or, dude, swag even you don't HD, want. HD streaming was twenty three dollars, and I was like, I don't know why this. Fi- I feel like I don't know if it's because you know all, everything I do now is on a streaming basis. I feel like even if they were gonna s- offer a package, it should be like seven dollars. <laughs> it should be like the cheap like affordable way for people to be Each able to simulcast see fish. is 30 bucks yeah so that's, that's what, what really expensive so now you're getting to my and point. i justify it by like reminding myself that a portion of that goes to the water wheel and shit but like even fuck that like i get that it's going to a good cause but at the same time it's like money. yeah it's a simulcast and i think one of the great greatest things about fish ever so uh i found a couple groups on facebook that like share 
all that stuff like they used to tapes and CDs and recordings and all this stuff. And that's how the fish community like got started. And that's what like made it so great is that it was like open and free for everyone to have access to. So I think while this, all this new marketing shit is really cool and it like lets them do cool light shows and book crazy venues and do all this shit and pay people and give them healthcare, do all this fantastic stuff. Another part of me is just like, this isn't really accessible anymore or it's starting to get out of the realm of accessible and to have to think about spending over $2,000 to go to Vegas to see them for three days or going on like a two week trip to Europe. Like, I don't know. I'm just starting to feel like I'd rather go to Europe or I'd rather, you know, do something else because it's just becoming like a, you're like, you're chasing your tail at this point. But I mean, it is what it is. Maybe as... (laughs) I make more money in life. I people won't who are I like, but like my friends are like really big fish fans. Like that's like why they travel. Like that's the reason why they travel is to go see fish. So then they experience like being in the places that fish play, but they base like where they travel and when they travel around fish tours. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> like they're going. They're not doing like European tours anymore. Or, like going to Tokyo. They and go to shit. Mexico. They did that they do one Riviera time. Riviera Maya? No way. They've pre- done it two straight years in a row. And it was so expensive. We're talking about like five grand to go. I'd go. I'd go if I had five grand to light on fire. Yeah, so you're just being bitter. I know. Because you're poor. Yeah. Get people to send you money. Crowdfund go it. Go fund me. Everyone go fucking me does Mario that Laga. shit. Begs <laughs> for money like an asshole. Yeah, do that. Hey, sometimes go, they need that go money. Go fund me. Sometimes they need that money. Stop it. People need money for food. Yeah. <laughs> and shelter. And hospital bills, a bunch yeah, of shit. Yeah, hospital bills. <laughs> shit happens. Have to go see fish. Shit happens. All right. I'm well, lucky enough to be able to go see them. I'm excited about our our dates for summer tour. I hope they get better as they progress. I know they will. Yeah, I can't believe you said that bullshit. I will it, gladly go to a Should we talk about show. Infinite quickly? That new mic song? Oh, yeah. You want to play a little bit of it real quick? Not really. You don't like it? I will say the second I heard this song, I knew it was a Mike song, and I instantly hated it. As I knew it. <laughs> I don't think this has any potential to grow. It definitely does have uh, a very, it definitely has like Mike's fingerprint on it. <laughs> you can tell that's a Mike song. I will say that. I don't know. I, I'll give it a chance. I, I feel like you're telling me exactly why I don't like it. <laughs> Mike is very underrated uh, by you, <laughs> not most. 
And as a player, or as a, a singer, songwriter, I think as a player, a I would say, yeah, as a player, as a bass player, I would say he's underrated. But not no, as a singer songwriter. I like Mike. A lot, everyone likes Mike. You don't like him. Yeah, I don't. I don't a like lot him. of good Mike songs that you forget about. Yeah, but that name one, one may not be one. one of them. Give me one. Forty six days, great. Mike song, tolerable. Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. I'll give you that one. There's a lot of good like Mike song. songs. No, just one. No, 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 no. What that? What's that song? Good and a honeycomb. That's a good uh, one. <laughs> Yard mouth road. That's a good one. No. Yeah, it is. No. I always want to be over. Five fifty-five. I no, like five fifty-five. God, stop it! See, you're proving my point here. Five fifty-five. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's stop talking about Mike's songs. I don't like when Mike sings by himself for an extended period of time. I don't like when any let's, of them sing by themselves for an extended I period like of time. I like when Trey or Paige sings no. by himself for a long time. I like both their voices. Yeah, I don't know. Fish and uh, Mike definitely have the weaker part of that. There's a reason harmonies exist, and it's because you can cover each other up, and you sound better holistically than you do by yourselves. I think Trey has a beautiful voice. Oh I think he has God. a lovely voice. All right, thirty I minutes really are don't up. See nope, anything we gotta go to beer. Nope, nope, pulling the ripcord on this one. Trey's voice. Oh my! I God. understand how the harmonies don't <laughs> always work because they don't always sing in key. <laughs> but I like Trey's voice. He's got Gentle. no pitch. Like it's funny to me that I'm sure they've all practiced on um, singing for many a year, and like their pitch is still not that great. I mean, I don't know. What to tell well, you. doesn't your voice change as you get older? Yeah, it progressively gets deeper over time because you keep using it. Right. That's why everything as you get older starts modulating down. When you see ACDC now, they're playing stuff in like freaking yeah, yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, in like G or in like F <laughs> instead of an A. Yeah. And think people slow things down too. Yes. So it's less of a strain. As you get older, it yeah. can't keep up with the speed. Eh. I like Trey's voice. Trey, I like your voice. Mike, I think you're a good player in the band. I once asked the question and got grilled so hard. Like, why can't they just, you know, they're all decent backup singers. Why not just get a lead singer? They'd be so great. But I, I got chewed out instantly the second I said that. But I, I again, I attach to vocals really, really strongly. So I stand by that. <laughs> it's it's their group collectivity is like mirrors the group experience. They always sound great when they're all singing together. Listen, you see Better fish, than any you individual see fish one. for their musicianship and their musicianship is their mastery of their specific crafts. And it's just not singing. Singing is a secondary thing. So uh, they are the best musicians in the world at their instruments. Like they're phenomenal all in their own right. So, yeah, um, I do like watching Trey play the guitar uh, because he makes it look so effortless. When people who are not into fish ask me like why or why, why I am or like how they can get into it. What I basically tell them is like, go to like, there's a website that cuts out all the music and it's just jams. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sure, sure, sure. And I tell you them the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics, no, not no. The it's just it's just the jams. Oh, so it, it cuts, cuts out all, all the all the, all the singing, all the stuff. It's just the jams. And when they listen to that first, it becomes more approachable to them because they can see the musicianship and see like the craft and see how like they move seamlessly into different parts and can like stretch songs out for minutes on end. Like that's the biggest thing. People go, "How can you listen to a a fish song for fifteen minutes?" And it's like, well you don't understand how these jams start to work into each other and become like this beautifully almost like orchestral. Yeah. Yeah, But if you listen to just extracted jams, you're never going to understand that. 
I disagree. I think you can. I disagree. I would argue by the next podcast <laughs> episode, you should go to Just Jams, go to the website. Okay. And you should just just try it. It'll, it'll, it'll start at probably the most recent show and start sticking the jams together. So that's terrible face that you're making that no one else can see but me, but you should try it. It'll be educational for you. <laughs> just <laughs> mansplains you, Just Jams. All right. I would take us out on infinite, but I would rather not put people through. We just tried it. We just did it. Yeah. Pick something else. Um, so we're going to go out on that same night. We're going to do the Piper. So thanks for sticking with us during this fish segment. We will see you for the beer segment after this short 15 minute break. Uh,
Kid. Now on to the beer segment. Beer segment. Can you pay attention? I am gonna try. Not good enough. It's a cool. challenge. So uh we're doing some style comparisons today. And I have your homebrew beers. Yeah. So do you want to describe what the the offerings are in front of us with those? So I'm just making sure I keep track of what's going on here. You're comparing my two homebrew beers to two commercial styles, comparative styles. Yep. Got it. This is going to be really cool. Let's see if I stand the test of the bigger guys. Um, the two beers that we have are what will ultimately be a session ale and a watermelon wheat. So Gamehenge Brewing Company beers. Correct. A watermelon wheat and a session ale. Yeah. Cool. And the beers that we're going to stand up next to those are the Montauk Watermelon Session Ale and the Lagunitas 12th of Never Session. Which would you like to do first? Uh, watermelon for sure. It's New York City. It's hot as balls. I want some watermelon. You don't think that's going to compromise you for the session? Uh, okay, fine. I feel like you're telling me no. I should have the other one first. Yes, basically. I think that's okay. what we should do. Okay, so uh, Lagunitas' website offers little to no information about this beer at all. I've been told it's called a session ale. Uh, that's what I call it. I'm pretty sure that's what everybody else calls it. Uh, it gives a long some bullshit story that honestly again has no specs about this beer uh then you go down and it says specs on this beer the magical mystical 12th of never is a blend of old and new school hops that play bright citrus rich coconut papaya-esque flavors all on a solid stage of english puffed wheat 
tropically hoppy, light, yet full-bodied, bright and citrusy. The 12th Never Ale is everything we've learned about making hop board beer expressed in a moderate voice. Pale, cold, slightly alcoholic, and bitter. It's all we know. Cool, so Session Ale. So, question for you. Yeah. I, uh, I looked through the BJCP guidelines. Yeah. And Session Ale and Table Beer don't exist as styles. Yeah, they're, they are, though. They're just not in there. Understood. So, like, if I were to submit this to you, uh, judging Cicerone in a contest, how would I have to classify these beers? It's very pale. Yeah. Pale ales, I guess. Like, what is... Like session ale. They're session ales or table beers. Yeah, but they don't... Again, I have to label it with a BJCP label. So, it's like... No, that's not true. Okay. Stylistically, these beers have been around forever. In America, we call them sessionels because I guess we just don't know really what else to call them. In a lot of other cultures, Germany, Belgium, they're called table beers. And the reason why they're called table beers is because they're basically just like super low crushable beers that like everybody drinks like at the table when you're eating food. Right. So like our version of that is a sessionel. So those two words to me are interchangeable. And again, because we're in America, everyone here hops the shit out of it. So we typically experience hoppy table beers, which are session ales. Same thing. Cool. When you put session in front of any style, it means mo- like moderate, right? It means like a lower ABV. Like to, to have something that is sessionable means you can consume multiple of it in one session. So... That's right. why I think those two words are interchangeable. So you, Game Hinge Brewing Company is, is called a session ale. Correct. Okay. And would you like to describe how this beer is made? Uh, using the finest ingredients. No, just kidding. Um, it's like, you want me to tell you what's in it? Because then. How is this beer made? It's not that hard of a question. <laughs> what's like, the green bill what's the hops oh, why is it a session ale no, I'm, I'm laughing Describe at you, you, want it. Me, you want me to like tell my fucking recipe on the freaking podcast no, not tell the recipe just tell what you used um you i be used a really horrible grain. beer salesman I pretend you're grain. selling me on this beer describe <laughs> it to me is that a better um, language for you it's, yeah it's a cool frickin', do that it's a freaking <laughs> light uh session ale i categorized it as a <laughs> in beersmith because you have to obviously use calculations to figure out like ibu and srm and all that shit i called it an american ipa but it's clearly not that um it's way lighter in abv it's about three and a half percent um the ibus uh are a little high uh for what this batch it's 50 <laughs> that's ridiculously high um so definitely gonna scale back on that the srm is 3.5 so it's you know kind what, of what, a little off straw. what malts and grains are used in this beer uh, there's some white wheat malt, some carapils, and some two-row, of course. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's cool because the Lagnius 12th of Never also uses wheat in this session. Cool. So they'll be theoretically comparable. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah. Should we taste both Let's of these? Let's do it. I want to do the, the Lagunitas first. There's a lot of fucking American hops in that because essentially that just tastes like an IPA to me. But... A lot of the stuff that they Ooh, do taste yeah, that's like just an, an IPA. IPA. It do, I will say this: it drops off really quickly in in the way that right. an IPA doesn't. Right, right, right. Um, definitely some late hop additions there. No early hop additions. So their their actual specs are five point five ABV. Oh, so Gamehenge is going to be much lower, and yeah. five point five isn't really a table beer. Uh, or OG one point oh five zero. 
Uh, Do you yeah. remember what the table beer was? Your table beer or your session beer? Uh, Image. We don't really need original uh, gravity. If we say, have a BB, one point oh four five. Right. Okay. And then uh, logging in twelfth of never is forty five IBU. So actually, you're comparable. Yeah. There. I think how they hop their beer is definitely different than how I did. Um, I think my bitterness sticks around a little longer. On it my does. It's lingering. Beer. Yeah. Uh, the hops are also very different. Yours are like floral and like perfumey. Lagunitas's are like citrusy and coconutty and papaya y and like juicy. Yeah. What were the hops used in this beer? Uh, Liberty. Okay. Is basically the bittering hop. And then you have. He's uh, noble Simcoe hops, right? Mosaic. Oh. So you did use American hops. The Liberty pushes through on this for sure. It's the pretty much the only thing. That you're really getting all that that lingering bitterness from, which is typically by when you add it in the bi- in the boil. Trick is is like if you want those like uh, juicier uh, and faster fall off, you hop addition late in the boil, and if you want it to linger around and stay on your tongue and kind of get stuck in your uh, taste buds, you early hop. You know, sixty minute additions. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's a gross generalization. There's obviously more complexities to it than that, but that's the so. I think these beers are both pretty similar. Yeah, they are very similar. I actually believe stylistically, you could compare them. Like yeah. we're doing a, we're doing a, not doing a disservice to either one of these beers by comparing them to each other. No, not at all. Awesome. Yeah, and this is really awesome because this is, is like you know I'm I'm in the ballpark of what I'm trying to do. Right, that's um, what I'm trying to show you basically. So, yeah, how, so how close or far from a style you think you're brewing. Yeah, and I mean, I think <laughs> I, I nailed it. Uh, I will make some changes to this to I make think it a little different. I, I, I think that this Lagunitas 12th of Never was what I wanted your Gamehenge session to be. So how would we make the Gamehenge session closer to the 12th of Never? Um, Do you want to back-to-back taste them again? No, yeah, I got it. I tasted it. I'm good. Uh, I would say that for mine, I would do later hop additions. I would cut Liberty out. I think it was the wrong bittering hop to use. Yep, I agree. I but we made that last minute decision. At uh, the that was actually a uh, no. That was of course a homebrew shop decision because unfortunately, when you have a plan, when you go to a homebrew shop and they don't happen to have what you need in stock, you have to regroup. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Um, I, I guess I, commercial breweries don't really ever have to deal with that. Yeah, they have what they need when they need it. That's yeah. why they make their hop contracts. But uh, I it's. It was definitely a setback, but I'm actually really excited to make this beer again. I think uh, doing that, I'm going to alter the grain bill a little bit. I'm going to pull back on the wheat. Um, See, I like the viscosity of it a lot. It matches. These two mouthfeels are very similar. I just think you can smell it a lot. I think yeah. it pulls through uh, on the nose of the beer. Uh, I think the the viscosity could be gained by manipulating some other grain. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't want to say too much because I'm basically... You know what's strange is tasting two beers back to back changes how both of them taste. Absolutely. I'm picking up so much in the Game Henge beer that I didn't before. It's a lot sweeter than I thought it was. Mm. And that's just directly tasting it on the back of the 12th of Never, which is uh, abnormally hoppy for a session or table beer. Yeah. It's 45 IBU. 
Yeah, so that's again one of the reasons why I think pulling back on the huh. wheat will lower the the gra- the original gravity, which will also lower the ABV even more. I want my table beater to be like three percent. Like I don't know why, but like that's when I think of a like awesome table beer. I think of again crushable yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like S- super sessionable easy. should be like four percent, like four point five percent, four point three percent. Yeah, Berliner Weisses like the lowest you know technically alcoholic thing you can have are traditionally i think between 3.2 and 3.5 like just under four percent three yeah. point whatever taste the 12th of never before you taste that again it's very strange what happens because the 12th of never is aggressively bitter or abnormally bitter for the style and then you taste the game henge and you get so much more sweetness out of it it's so minimally hopped comparatively or differently hopped as you were saying more more late edition so it lingers but i get a lot of sweetness out of that after drinking the bitterness yeah which means if you paired that beer with something sweet you'd get that or bitter you get that yeah so the goal with uh the 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 table beer the session ale that i made would be to pair it with something bitter right to bring out that sweetness if that's what you're looking for or that yeah. beer has Honestly, completely changed now would, that it's I would yeah, pair it with something that. sweet and it would make it spikier and the hoppier perceptionally hoppier and that would help to scrape the sweetness away. That's good. Refresh the beer's really palate. clean. I think that it's definitely a uh, commercial quality. It's not crappy thank you. homebrew. Oh, thank you. Do you want to talk about Gamehenge Brewing Company? Because uh, we're talking about like people should know what it is. But oh, uh, Gamehenge Brewing Company is my pet project. I hate when people say that. <laughs> if you were like coming to me asking for money or like it's doing like an interview with me, as soon as you said the words pet project, I'd be like, cool, thank you. Bye bye. You can stop. Audition's over. Bye bye. So show you, you like the door. The um, it's, uh, basic, <laughs> it's basically. Now you're doing pee pee uh, jokes. <laughs> Jesus. This episode. It's basically uh, my homebrew experience uh, trying to get on a commercial level with my craft. So you know, I'm, I'm trying to take my homebrewing to the next stage and. And start, you know, right. idealistically in the world, uh, in a perfect world, I would be canning my beer only and just selling cans all the time. Right. Um, so Game Engine Brewing Company is all the beer that you produce. Yeah. And on, a, on a humble level. And hopefully at some at some point in some stage, uh, beer that I will be canning and, and pairing with food and selling to people. Yes. Sure, 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 sure. Um, that's the dream. Yeah, sounds great. It's So it's soon to be TBD. Commercial. Yeah, it's a, a work in progress. It's a startup. Is that how you could say pet? Pro- another way to say pet? Startup. Project? It's a it's a work in progress. Is there a startup? Uh, TBD to be determined. <laughs> so we're gonna call it Game Henge TBD. TBDB <laughs> to be determined brewery. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, but it's good. I, that's great. Okay, so great. I wanted to test the commercial style against the Game Henge. So now moving on to your second offering. Yeah, this watermelon wheat. This is an interesting one. Uh, so this is actually going to be a little skewed as well. But I thought it kind of worked because you have a session ale and you have a watermelon wheat. The beer we're tasting the Game Henge watermelon wheat against is going to be the Montauk watermelon session ale. And I really wanted to get the 21st Amendment watermelon wheat because that's 
one of your favorites and what you really wanted to model this beer after. Right. Uh, all I could find was the Montauk. And so right out the gate, the Montauk is, you know, going to be a session ale, not a wheat beer. So we're going to have to keep that in our minds yeah. when we're comparing the two. Cool. But you'll get, you know, how much watermelon they use, the way it's used, the aroma, the taste. You'll, you'll get a lot of stuff. So um, the specs on the Montauk watermelon meat, it's 4.9%, 27 IBU. Do you know what your watermelon wheat Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay, yep. cool, cool. So it's a little lower than 4.9. And then do you know how many IBUs yours was? Probably higher than 27, Ooh. right? It's uh, very tame. No, it was actually in that area. It was, it, oh, okay. was, it was super low. It was It was less than 30. I'm pretty sure. I want to say mm. it was like 26. Mm. All right, so we should try... I'm always going commercial first. Right. The Montauk first. Ooh. Hi-yi-yi. Oh, man. This, like, reeks of watermelon in, like, a way that I don't like, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It smells it's, like a Jolly Rancher. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's very um, artificial smelling. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. Oh, and it just reeks of watermelon. It just tastes like watermelon juice. It's also pretty sweet, I think. Carbonated watermelon yeah, juice. Yeah, that's sweet. Like that beer. Yeah, is I don't. Sweet. I I don't know. I think it's actually too much watermelon to a point where I can't even tell it's a session ale anymore. It just tastes like watermelon. Yeah, yeah. It, it's again got a very commercial finish to it, and when I say commercial, I mean artificial. <laughs> I want to say. Like, do you think they could sell that in Whole Foods? You know, they have their whole no artificial. They whatever. do sell it in Whole Foods. Okay, so by by actual rules, like they have to be. The ingredients in this have to be all natural. Yes. Is right. that what you're asking? Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Because, I mean, I don't know how, like, you know, people have gone as far. Other than, other than, I just, sorry, I interrupt you, but other than ABV and IBU on this beer on their website, there's no information about how this beer is brewed. Yeah, it's not something that brewers talk about. You're talking about giving up your recipe, man. Some people are cool about that and like super open and some people are not. Some people are Guinness where they lock their yeast up in a safe and one guy has the key. That's very anti-brew culture, though. A lot of brewers collaborate. Fears about collaboration. I, yeah, I, I'm and not sharing. disagreeing about that. But what I'm saying is, is that when you when you truly like find something that you like to brew, you don't you're not ready to just like give up that recipe and just be like, whoa, you know, it's like I don't. Know, it's it's again. It's it's sometimes I'm Ooh. really down with sharing like my concept and like what I'm working on, especially when it's still like, a yeah, developed thing. But when I like dot my eyes and cross my T's off on a recipe, that's like my baby at that point. Yeah. It's so, like, but then how? So then, say you're a brewer and you're brewing in your brewery, and some kid walks in off the street and says, "Wow, I really like this beer. Tell me how you made it." You wouldn't tell that kid. You wouldn't First share of all, your what recipe the fuck? I'm supposed to tell the kid, "Hey, you got to use thirty percent wheat. You got to use, you know, sixty percent." No, you're being row. like you very like literal. I'm literally like saying 6%. I've gone to breweries. Me. A human being, the Lizza, yeah. and I know how to homebrew, and I've mentioned that I homebrew, and then I ask brewers how they make a certain recipe, and they refuse to tell me. Yeah, and I think that's a dick. I think that's being a dick, dude. You're that's like going into like a place that's famous for fried chicken and be like, "What do you? No, what that's, do you put your that's the equivalent your batter for fried nope, chicken. That's the equivalent of like Nest Tea making their lemonade and then saying. Uh, like going to a kid who's at a lemonade stand and saying, we're not going to tell you how we make our beer or make our lemonade. 
Um, I think that's a dick. And I think that brewers who are like that don't go far. That's all I'll say on that matter. So what are we thinking? I love the game hench compared to this now. The Montauk is essentially like a LaCroix to me. Like it tastes like a flavored seltzer. Yeah. Which is gross because it tastes, again, as we said, artificial. I can't. The Game Henge is actually nice and it reminds me of a beer with like a very, very subtle watermelon. The funny thing is, is drinking them back to back ruins the Game Henge for me because it's so sweet, the Montauk, that I then can't really. You lose the watermelon in the Game Henge. Yeah. It's like overpowered everything to the point where it's just like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I again. How did you use watermelon in the Game Hunter Brewing Company beer? I racked on uh, water, fresh watermelon juice that I juiced myself. In uh, primary or secondary? In secondary. How much? Uh, so in like secondary, uh, I was really not using as a secondary. I was cold crashing. Right. So I racked on on it into a secondary and immediately cold crashed it. Right. And so for five gallons, you added thirty-two ounces of juice. So what are the ratios on that? <laughs> like what percentage of juice did you add to the full liquid? Um, that's a great question. I'm gonna have to do some math and get back to you on that one. But you, you have the you just gave them the amount. I gave them a gallon is how many ounces? All right, I I don't know. Really? No. That's all we have to find out. <laughs> a gallon is 128 fluid ounces. So there's five gallons. So it's a very small percent. Yeah. So 128 times five is how much ounces? It's not even one fifth. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, a lot. it's very small amount. Interesting. Okay, cool. Important to note, I feel like on these beers too, that neither one of these are pink. Yeah, <laughs> I will tell you when you put the the watermelon juice into the beer or into the the carboy to rack on it, the whole beer turns pink. But because I cold crashed it, all that pulp, whatever there may be. And, and you know, I, I used a really nice juicer that gets like super high RPM. So it like separates a good chunk of the pulp from. Right, the, right, right. There's still, you know, free radicals this is for always some stuff slips through the filter. But because you're cold crashing it, all that stuff drops out. Yeah, yeah. Like it was the first time ever when I was cleaning a carboy that the slurry of uh, yeast cake at the bottom was pink. Oh, that's so funny. So there obviously pulp had dropped out of suspension as well so yeah is the there anything about this beer you change for your next time your i next use wa- more watermelon juice i don't think i use it enough interesting um i think the problem with using any sort of juice or um what's the way to say it like any yeah i get yeah any sort of juice or, or a lot of the times they use that's why they use purees right because purees are a so high in sugar and like b like they just when you dilute them into a liquid like there's so much less puree you need for the volume of liquid you're trying to 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 you know slurry or you know dissolve it into um that being said it's like the problem with doing that at a homebrew level is that there's not that much head space in your carboys so you got to be really careful with that like 32 ounces yeah. got me basically up over five gallons again in a carboy after you account for like the yeast cake you know that absorbs liquid and you know, you have loss every time you transfer and stuff. So yeah. I could I could have done a whole another thirty, you know, thirty two ounces of uh, juice and been well within the the what is it the the ratios needed. But more importantly, I think it would allow the taste to stay longer. When you use all this fresh shit, it drops off so freaking fast. Yeah, really fast. And most commercial brewers to flavor things use extracts. Yeah. 
because it's oil based stays in suspension yeah that's why sculpin what is it habanero sculpin that's also why they're different each one's different because the way the oils settle out in the beer is in like in suspension is different so when you pull from that uh fermenter into kegs or into bottles each individual one gets a different amount of like spice they don't use extracts for sculpin no but the oils they that come out of hot actual hot peppers but you get the, the oils beer. what makes yeah, yeah i understand what you're saying oils. yeah i understand so the saying. oils but you're again, comparing it to using extract Yep. That's what you're it's comparing the, again, to. Again, it's, it's the same concept because they're oils. Oils don't, like, sit in suspension the same way. Like, it's oil and water. They separate. So you get different, like, proportions of it. It's a, totally a thing. Okay. That's why that's why okay. it works out that way. Okay. And what I've also seen people do is they use, like, space food type shit, like dehydrated stuff, and they grind it into a powder, and they do it that way. Um, yes, that's necessary if you actually are trying to use things like peanut butter or like anything with coconut because those things have naturally occurring oils and right. the oils, what they do in a beer end up uh, totally snuffing out and killing your carbonation. Yeah. Yeah. Can't carbonate oil. <laughs> Correct. So. Cool. So Gamehenge Brewing Company was our website. Is there, is there a website? Is there an no. Instagram? There's is there totally an Instagram. Cool. Uh, at Gamehenge Brewing Co. Awesome. And, um... Yeah, I plan on keep coming out with stuff. We're going to keep drinking stuff. Sounds great. Uh, what's on the horizon is uh, they just took green flash out of our market. So now that I had this successful watermelon wheat beer going, I'm going after the grapes. The What is it? The what's that Grapes? Beer? No, 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 not grapes. Uh, is it grapefruit? No. That's in it. Right. But what's it called? God damn it. Passion fruit kicker. Passion fruit kicker. Yes. <laughs> That fucking What's beer in that? is phenomenal, and it's so Speaking good in the summertime. Which, grapefruit and passion fruit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's in that beer. Yeah, so that's what I'm I'm after next. Very cool. That's gonna be harder than a watermelon wheat because watermelon, obviously, all you just, watermelon wheat, you just add watermelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grapefruit but and passion fruit. Stuff. You have to blend them and then try to figure out what proportion you're gonna add to that. So it's, it's gonna be. Just you could just split the total five gallons and blend them after you ferment both individual. Yeah, I mean... One with grapefruit, one with passion fruit, and then you can blend them how you want. Yeah, I mean, if you have enough space. And again, If you have level. two carboys, yeah. all you need, I guess three carboys, then you have to blend them into a third carboy. Yeah, see, it's getting complicated <laughs> already. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for... Thanks for trying my beers. Yeah, and tasting that they the Game Henge yeah. beers next to some commercial examples. I hope you're not just, you know... Tune my horn here, and as a Cicerone, you're giving me your honest feedback. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're no, telling no. me that they stand up next to commercial beer, yes, that's a I'm huge saying they do. So I appreciate that. There's no off flavors. They're not thin in body. They're fully fermented. They're fine. They're they're better than. I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you that they're homebrews if you told me they were homebrews. So that's a huge compliment. That's huge. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is like you're really stroking my ego right now. It feels great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could? Put how you're feeling into a fish song right now. What song would that be? Uh, I'm trying to lead you into our outro song, uh, you which really I'm sure you haven't picked. Uh, you're right. <laughs> well, how I was do trying I, to buy I, you some time, uh, and see. now <laughs> it's over. Well, I, I, let's say this. I'll pick. Uh, 
Something from this weekend. Something I was from this say, past let's weekend. See if I can pick something from this weekend. Let's stay. Let's stay up. in the summer tour zone. Stay in the summer tour zone. I think that a watermelon sessionel and a table beer or sessionel and watermelon meat are all great choices if you're going to be outside watching fish. You know, it's really funny. What? This is very funny. Uh, you're gonna, I don't know. Let's see if you go bad. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Game Hinge Brewing Company. I am Eliza. Brewing Company. You Oops. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> We're See, taking I said, over. Sorry, I said that so many times. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of Got a Jabrew. I'm the Liza. And I am the kid. Be See. sure to check out uh, Game Hedge Brewing Company Instagram. Yeah, do it. And enjoy the rest of your summer tour. Yeah. See you next time. Uh...